Hi, this is Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. Today we have a special guest with us, Brenda Martinez. We're so excited to hear her stories, so let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Welcome to the Education Equals Hope podcast. I'm Cameron Graham Vivanco. And I am Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I'm the co-founder of Education Equals Hope and the director of the program here in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals H in Ecuador as well. Equals H, as you know, exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. And this wonderful podcast exists so that we are able to communicate all of our activities and experiences within Equals H to all of our partners, sponsors, friends all over the world. Friends, relatives, you know, <laughs> dogs, everyone. cats, anybody who's <laughs> listening, welcome. <laughs> We are thrilled to be back. Um, this podcast is going to come out right after Christmas, which is a Yay. perfect day for this podcast to drop. Because today we have a special guest who's going to be starting something right after Christmas herself. Woo-hoo. And that special guest is Brenda Martinez. Yay! Hi, hey welcome, Brenda. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, thanks for uh, speaking English and being on the podcast. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, so some of you know Brenda's story very, very well, and others of, others of you have never heard her name. Uh, but we're going to change that right now. Um, Brenda Martinez, gosh, I, we met 116 years ago, roughly. A little bit more. A little bit more, like 219. <laughs> <laughs> Known Brenda for a long time since she was a teenager. Um, But she has a wonderful story that Equals H has been able to intertwine and be a part of for the last at least four and a half, almost five years. Yeah, almost five years. Already. So um, tell us your story, Brenda. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for having me, guys. I don't know. I don't even know where to start. I guess my story goes back to the year of 2016 when I was uh, helping at Cristo Liberador Episcopal Church. That's my... (laughs) That's my home church. So I started volunteering there because uh, right after high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I wanted to go into college, but my family was not able to afford it. And so I was like, maybe I can take a year off of school and just like see what the Lord has in store for me. Mm-hmm. So I remember my priest, Mother Lourdes, she asked on a Sunday, like, uh, can we have some volunteers that can come and help us uh, cook for the abuelitos, like the seniors that we have in our church, uh, because we have one of the programs that helps, you know, provide breakfast and mm-hmm. like lunches for uh, the elderly people of our church. And so I was like, I'll help. Uh, little did I know that that would change, you know, like my, my whole life. <laughs> the trajectory of your life. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, you know, I started volunteering there and then I just like fell in love with the community and the service that I was doing, you know, with my abuelitos, like the kids. Now and the like, word you're saying is abuelitos. Abuelitos. Okay, great. Yeah, which why? means grandparents. Yes, but that's the that's the term that that Cristo Liberador uses for their ministry, as you already said, to this yes. their senior population. Yes, great. Okay. And then if you haven't been in my church yet, once you come, you will hear this word a lot. It's yes. just abuelitos. Um, quick question: Did you speak English at this point in your life? No. Not at all. <laughs> Let me testify to not at all. <laughs> yeah, so I started helping there, and then I became Sunday school teacher and also was helping with the youth program and got involved with, um, what else? 
I become the secretary of the church, and then I was also helping, you know, like in the altar and just different activities. Is this when the nickname Reve Brenda, Reverenda Brenda, came about? Yes, yes, it did. Because <laughs> at you know, 19 years old, people were calling you Reve Brenda. <laughs> yes, they were calling me that because I will go to church every single day from 8 a.m. in the morning, and I will leave by like 8 p.m. Wow. And then people were joking that you know they were gonna. Buy me a couch so I could just sleep there, you know, like without having to go to my house. Uh, it was just like so cool because I was passionate about uh, what was um, of what I was doing there. Mm-hmm. So like, I just loved it. Mm. And then I remember in that summer, uh, we had a team. Oh, um, who did you work for that summer? You well. Oh yeah, that me. was like the summer before I started working. Hold on. Oh oh, it is. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm ahead of myself. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, a summer before I started working for you, I remember there was a team there that okay. they were from North Carolina. And Woo-hoo! then, yay. <laughs> and then I was uh, just like volunteering, you know. And then I remember Caroline Allen and then Juan Miguel, they were the team hosts. Oh, fun. And so we did a lot of like fun stuff in my church. And then I started practicing a little bit, you know, of my English, but like I didn't know how to speak very well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which you would never know listening to you now. Yes. And then, uh, right after that, I just, um, I remember I was praying one day and then I just like felt like in my heart that I needed to do something like related to like the healthcare system, you know, like maybe become a nurse or something because in my community, it's a middle low class and they pretty much, um, they cannot afford to go to the doctor. They don't have insurance, mm-hmm. and they're just like they're always complaining that when they do go to a public hospital, they, the doctors and nurses are mean to them, and all the. And let's just stop one second and explain the medical system here in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. So there is public health, which means that any any person mm-hmm. across the the 17 million Ecuadorians has an issue. They can go to any public centro de salud health mm-hmm. center to be seen. And it sounds great on paper, but on in reality, um, if you need to, like, you twist your ankle and you need some physical therapy, it's January, you might get an appointment for your physical therapy in June or maybe September. Yeah. Is yes. that fair? Yeah. And the doctors and nurses that work there, they are, they're not paid very well. It's in the mm-hmm. public system. They have this incredible knowledge and mm-hmm. these gifts, but they are expected to work miracles 24 7 and so the the pat the the bedside manner perhaps is lost because some people come in gravely ill and they really need help and some Mm -hmm. people come in for tonterias um do you think that's fair to say yes um yes i have something else to add this is for the bigger cities. There might be like a huge, huge hospital mm-hmm. full of people all the time because everyone is coming in and out trying to get some help. Mm-hmm. If there's an emergency, you might be attended in the next, since you get there in the next like four or five hours, even though it's an emergency. Or they 48 make you wait, hours. Or 48 if hours. If you go in with an appendicitis and they think, oh, it's not going to rupture yet. And then maybe, yep. true story, you watch your mother-in-law's appendix rupture <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she's fine she's great but it was nip and tuck so it's it's a it's a it's a different story for these huge hospitals and the health system here and there's a difference which will make sense later on but it, it is a huge difference when you when we're talking about little towns out in the, the provinces rural the like rural it. countryside it's totally different mm-hmm. there might be just one little health care center medical center that is there to 
help provide supposedly um, to help for everyone that is around,、mm-hmm. but they don't actually do that because、mm-hmm. they only have one doctor and one nurse, and literally that's all what they have. They don't have any kind of like supplies, supplies or <laughs> anything else that they need.、No、so that's、bang. that's a huge. Story that we that will make sense to you guys. It will continue to unfold. Yeah, <laughs> and again, it's not because people are being mean or、uh, negligent. It's、mm-hmm. just how the system、yeah. is. It、mm-hmm. is in the socialized medicine. Okay,、mm-hmm. so back to you. So, anyways, yes. So I just knew that I wanted to do something related to nursing because I saw like my community was suffering, and then I thought maybe if I go into nursing school, I could help. You know. Um, provide a better healthcare system, you know, like a better healthcare for these、uh, families that go to my church. Maybe do some checkups and, like, I don't know, just like do something more for them.、Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's、uh, how I knew I wanted to become a nurse.、Uh, but then, <laughs> again, talking about the money and then the nursing school years, you know, it's expensive. And I, I knew that I had to stop. Uh, going to church, you know, like volunteering, doing my volunteering work, because I wanted to find a job. Like I knew I needed to get one in order to pay for my studies.、Um, and so I remember I talked to my priest, Mother Lourdes, and then I told her, you know, like I think this is it. You know, it's been a fun ride. It was a year and a half, you know, of helping twenty four seven. But I need, I think, to.、Uh, I think I need to st- step out of,、uh, of the church for a little while,、mm-hmm. and then I remember she said, "I just know that the Lord has a plan for you, and that、mm-hmm. He will, you know, unfold His plans, and He will show you know what He has in store for you. You just have to trust, and we're just gonna pray." And because I know that he wants you here in the church, and he wants you to do more than just go and get a job and go to school.、Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. yeah. But it's absolutely true. <laughs> it's great, great wisdom. But <laughs> yeah. And then she said, "I'm gonna pray." And then I know that the Lord will listen to me. And then I remember,、um, I think next week I got a call from you. I don't even remember <laughs> this, but then I got a call from you saying that, you know, if I knew about you know like teams and like youth world and like how like every Everything was, you know, all connected. And if I was, you know,、uh, willing to work during the summer as a team host, and I was like, yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure I need to, you know, learn how to speak English, you know. But like, I didn't know how to speak English at all. And then you said that someone told you that you know I could speak a little bit of English,、It's、and、true. then I was like, yeah, but it's just like basic stuff, you know, like hello, my name is Brenda, my favorite ice cream flavor is I don't know, <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> And that was it. And then you challenged me. And then I was like, I, I think that was in February when you called.、Uh-huh. And then I was supposed to start working like at the end of May, so I had like three months to learn how to speak English. And then I kind of taught myself how to do it、uh, by reading English、uh, books for kids, watching cartoons, watching shows, watching Friends. That's my favorite show ever. <laughs>、uh, and then that's how I did it, pretty much. And then I just like keep on practicing. And then by the summer of twenty, oh my gosh, I'm so lost in days. Twenty、uh, sixteen was it? Twenty seventeen? Yeah, one of those. One of those. <laughs> Probably sixteen. I think it was sixteen. Because、so、Francis ought- was just a baby. Yes. Yeah, Francis was a newborn. <gasps> yes,、yeah. I remember that.、Okay. Oh my gosh. I remember just, sitting at、uh, at your first briefing for your first team, yeah, and you had done a tremendous job and really pushed yourself in English, and you could carry a conversation if you were paying attention.、Mm-hmm. But we were sitting down doing this briefing. I don't know if you remember this in Plaza de las Americas at Malvales,、mm-hmm. and and we're going through detail at every single <laughs> detail of this team. 
all the fine points, all the planning that goes into it. And I look over and you are just in la-la land, like you were somewhere else. I was like, Brenda, did you understand any of that? And you were like, no. (laughs) You were so positive about it. You're like, no, not at all. And I was like, oh, dear Lord, what have we done? (laughs) But it all worked out. Yeah, it did. So that summer, you had a team that was mm. from Upper South Carolina, the Diocese of Upper South Carolina. Yeah. Huge Woo-hoo. shout out to all of the many Woo-hoo. various churches that support the Vivanco family and support Education Goals Hope out of the Diocese mm-hmm. of Upper South Carolina. Woot, woot. Yes. So, yes, that summer I was uh, working, and then I had a team from Holy Cross Church. And, you know, I think it was Holy Cross and another couple of churches that mm-hmm. came together in one team uh, that was led by Mother Lourdes. Um, what do I keep thinking? Yeah. Mother Lourdes. She's always in my head. Mother Susan. <laughs> Mother Susan. <laughs> and, yes, and thanks to that team, I was able to go to nursing school. Well, and how that happened is that there are like five of them come to me and say, Cameron, we need to talk. I'm like, okay, great. What do we need to talk about? They're like, Brenda. I was like, great. Let's talk about Brenda. What'd she do? Does she not not speak enough English? (laughs) But the idea, and I don't know if this came from you or from Lord of This or from them or a mix of all of them, but to, uh, to figure out a way to support you. And they wanted to support your schooling, but they wanted to support the church. And they're Mm -hmm. like, can we make Brenda? Brenda doesn't come from a desperate and difficult situation like Mm -hmm. the majority of our students do. I mean, you guys don't live high on the the hog. That's a good Southern term right there. Um, I mean, you're you're Mm -hmm. not wealthy people, but you Mm -hmm. weren't in a desperate, desperate Mm -hmm. situation. Your dad has a company, a Mm -hmm. small printing firm that he Mm -hmm. does. That sounds so Printing fancy, stuff. though. It does sound fancy, but like it's... company? Is it, is it fancy? <laughs> no. No. It's not at all. It's a house, and he, he does the printing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, they were like, hey, how can we how, how can we figure this out if we want to support Brenda? And so we sat down, and it was kind of the blind leading the blind, which kind of seems to be... <laughs> The um, the heart of E equals H. Like, we're not exactly sure where we're going. We just know we're going in the right direction. We're going to walk through the doors that God is opening. And this seems like God's in the midst of this. So we're going to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. So it really was, okay, instead of Brenda leaving the church to go get a job so she can go to nursing school, how about Brenda's job is being at the church, mm-hmm. and we help raise the funds to send her to nursing school. And when we say nursing school is really expensive here in Ecuador, it's $4,000 a semester or $3,700 a semester. Mm-hmm. Um, in the United States, wow, $3,700 for the top-of-the-line private school in mm-hmm. the country? Mm-hmm. Mm, we'd be talking like $127,000 yeah. <laughs> right. a semester or a year. You can tell how far away I am from that, but I just know they're big numbers. Um, And so it was a huge challenge on this side, but it was a place that people like Mother Susan and Ann Smith and Laura Lipscomb and and you know all the names so much better than I do because you created a supporter base Mm -hmm. that you did your own fundraising so that you could volunteer full-time at the church and go to nursing school full-time. Yes. Yes, I remember very clearly, you know, uh, it was 
on a day that we were in the church and then Mother Lourdes, she didn't tell me that what she was about to do. You know, I was translating and then she started, you know, like asking for help for my studies. And I was like, uh uh-uh, I'm not translating any of that. <laughs> that's the fun of being the translator. Like, no, I'm not translating. <laughs> no, and then I remember me. she called someone from the team and he had to speak Spanish and English. And then she was like, you come and help me translate. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. And then, yeah, she was just mm-hmm. asking for help. And then I just turned like all red because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. But I just thank her for, you know, being so brave and doing that. And mm-hmm. she took the risk. And, yeah, I will always be thankful for that. And then, yes, I created, you know, like that sponsor-based. And then, uh, thank goodness, you know, uh, God was just opening doors. And mm-hmm. I just, like, it was so – I was just so amazed to see how God was opening doors for me. You know, like, first it was, like, this opportunity. And then, um, like, I knew I needed to find more sponsors. And I knew I needed to, um, you know, be in contact with these churches, you know, in the upper, in the upper South Carolina area. But in order to do that, I was like, I need to go there and I need to visit these churches and mm-hmm. didn't have a visa or anything. Which, again, if you're not um, in the Ecuadorian world, you might not know how how difficult it is to get a visa mm-hmm. to go to the United States. Jorjito, how many times have you applied? Like three. Three. And have you yeah, ever gotten country. a visit? Never. Visa? And Never. I mean, you. there's no reason in the world why you shouldn't get a visa. Yeah, no. And, and of course, like, when you go to get a visa, you want to prove that you the reasons why you're going are legitimate and that you are coming back. Yes. And that's of course the big you have issue. Like they a, want to make mm-hmm. sure that you come back to Ecuador. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, like, my in my brain, I was like, okay, let's find, like, a real purpose, something that I really have to do and that I can, like, prove that I'm doing that. And even though I was rejected three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that includes going to visit supporting churches and visit mm-hmm. friends and go to weddings and mm-hmm. so yeah. many things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So so anyway, so God created that in an amazing, <laughs> mm-hmm. amazing way. Open the door that you actually got a visa. Yes, I did. And a five-year multi-entry visa, yes. which is yes. completely unheard of. Yes. And it's funny because the time when they gave, they gave me that visa, I remember, what's that lady, lady counselor? Uh-huh. Oh, what's it called? I don't know. Like the ones that are behind the desk? The consulate. Cancelate. I was like, cancelate. No. Cancelate. Let's see. I'm not that bilingual as you may think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> but anyways, and then I remember she said, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm only going to give you this visa, which is like for like a month or the time that you're saying that you're you're going. And then I was like, oh, okay. So maybe, you know, I'm going to get this visa. I'm going to go. And then it's going to expire. And then I'm going to go pick, pick up my, pa- my passport. You know, it says, you know, you have your visa for five years. And I was like, okay, this is God's doing. For <laughs> that sure. Was, that's sort of a typo. <laughs> and and of course. <laughs> of course, this was before me, but from what I understand, this was, you were not the only one applying from your church that time, was it? That was that was the first time, okay. actually. So this was the second time you applied. Yeah. So the first, oh yeah, thanks for saying first that. First right? The first time, she there were, we had five people that were trying to get up to EYE, and Brenda was the only one who got the visa to go, and the other four were denied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. that was the very first time, and then it was after that that she got the five-year multi-entry. Mm-hmm. And that was Mother Susan's great, the partnership between the Diocese of Upper South Carolina and some of the churches here. We, we hope we're turning a corner into a new relationship um, with the Diocese of Central Ecuador as the Reverend Juan Carlos Quinones has been elected bishop. But that is a completely different story. But speaking of stories, we are out of time for today, Brenda. So we're going to have you come back and share the rest of your story on our next podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of this family, for all you 
you have done and um, sharing your story thus far with us today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me and just stay tuned for what's next. Um, if you would like to support a student, not necessarily like Brenda, because hers is a special <laughs> situation, but students in desperate and difficult situations, please go to www.educationequalshope.org. Find the Donate Now or Give Hope button, and please join us in this incredible journey of providing for students in desperate and difficult situations, which we did through Brenda in a different sort of way. But we'll come back to the rest of that story. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. See you next week. Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage www.educationequalshope.org or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.